0: Okay, Billy. So we are, what, a week and a half now after the Conor Poirier fight? We've had some time to think about it. You're a difficult man to pin down these days. we right. <laughs> right. have been trying to organize this. Um, so if I bring you back to, you know, Saturday, a week and a half ago, what was the first thing you
1: thought when the fight uh, ended? So when the fight ended, it was like it's easy to pick apart mistakes you know and like when the fight ended the first thing i thought and we, we spoke right after was the fact that connor went in there and he acted like it was a boxing match he, to me he didn't act like there were and obviously mma is that, that's where Connor's great with when he moves moves in his kicks like in dustin connor one you see the spinning kicks the spinning attacks and he even talked up to it leading up to the fight that that was what you were going to see and then you go in there and We've, we've seen the stance that he had in this fight compared to the stance he's had when he's at his best. He went in there like it was a boxing match, and it looked like that was the only thing he had prepared for. So that was my main thing that I picked up after. I was, was like, it wasn't Conor in the peak of his MMA. It wasn't Conor from the Aldo days. It wasn't Conor from when we know him to be his best. This was like a new Conor, a walk-down Conor, which in his defense, that might have been exactly what we saw against Cowboy. Might have worked great then. Exactly. Yeah. But that's not the best corner. The best Connor is the Eddie Alvarez when he's on his back foot, leaning, baiting you into it, setting traps, not just walking you down, throwing punches. He has power, but his power comes from precision and timing. That's the thing. Is, you know what you said? We don't
0: really know what way he fought against Cowboy because it was so quick. He, mm-hmm. There was no real point in time where he was standing right in front of Cowboy where we could get a real good look at his stance. He just charged across the cage you know, tried to knock him out with the first shot he threw. And then they sort of, you know, stood, traded um, head kicks. And, you know, that was sort of the end of it. So I, I got a chance there. I, I rewatched the fight um, while you were driving home and get, <laughs> getting yourself right. organized. Um, so I, I'll start going through sort of round by round and give you what I think. So the first thing I noticed, uh, even when I watched it the first time live, um, was his head was the whole his weight distribution was completely different to the peak of his career. So right. his head, as as you alluded to, the boxing stance, shoulders completely square. His head was the whole way over his lead leg, and he seemed to just use the back leg as a pivot. Um, and he was leading with the head and sort of pull countering, like you know. And that maybe that comes from from boxing Floyd. And as you said, he, he does do that even when he fought Eddie. But it's a different. It's a different thing mm-hmm. when you do it sort of side on in more of a karate stance. You exactly. have sort of more you have more range of movement instead of, you know, getting stuck in the pocket. And then as I say, I'll move on to later, you know, when you become debilitated, you know, y- your legs um just aren't beneath you anymore with the the calf kicks and right. you're still trying to sort of bait with your head completely square. And that was sort of the beginning of the end. Um what I did notice was he does bounce in and out a little bit early. It was about 15 seconds in. Uh Dustin's, I think it was the second leg kick he threw. Um, mm-hmm. Connor, Connor gets his legs completely out of the way um and doesn't get caught with it. Um I wanted to get your take on the grappling exchange. So Dustin, you know, about 30 seconds in, shoots for a takedown. Connor gets his back on the cage. In my opinion it was touch and go whether the takedown was even completed mm-hmm. officially officially on the stats it was um but maybe that's a, a topic for another day I don't I don't really agree um but Connor said he got the better of the clinch now he spent the majority of the clinch on the fence right but he was the one that when he got up he was on the outside controlling Dustin reversed it and then Connor I, I don't know it was maybe a lasting memory Connor was the one that
1: reversed it for the final time, and lands the elbow on the break. Right. So I think that's the funny part. It's like I think Dustin went in there with the game plan of grind out mountain, not necessarily wrestle the whole time, but like wrestling was a large part of that game plan. Because you look at Dustin and Connor himself even admitted, like he went into it prepping for the Pacquiao boxing fight. He went into it thinking it was going to be a boxing exchange. So I think Dustin, and even a couple of times he alluded to, like he knew plenty of ways to beat him. One of the game plans was to grind out a victory. So I think Dustin went into it. And I think in Connor's defense, I would say that's the best thing he did in the fight is the fact that the grappling exchange didn't look one sided. It didn't look like Dustin had the advantage whatsoever. If anything, like you said, Connor was up and Connor swiveled him around the cage. The boxing, that's where it gets interesting because Connor had the power shots. But as far as the grappling go, no, I wouldn't say there was an advantage for uh for Dustin at all.
0: Which is interesting, you know, us as as Connor fans and we always look to his his boxing, his in and out. Style, you know, is the way he's going to win fights. But then, as you said, really held his own in the Mm -hmm. grappling. And if we're looking at the grappling specifically from a scoring standpoint, which I think everything should be looked at, you know, the 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 change in the clinch, the reversing, etc., merely positional doesn't get scored uh, according to the scoring criteria. Um, but you know, in terms of landing the elbow and the break. And they talked in the in the post fight press conference about sort of dusting through quite a weak shoulder strike, and then Connor jumps and puts his whole body into one, and, and a different to, a different man it would have, you know like Cowboy cracked the nose, a different man it right. could have been
1: to be a story. to be devil's advocate here, and because I know like you said we are both Connor fans, I don't think there was necessarily a winner in the grappling exchange offensively. I think we give Connor the edge and I would say he won the grappling exchange because of him defensively. The fact that Dustin wasn't able to just hold him down there. I think if Dustin holds him down there for 30 more seconds, it's a completely different conversation, you know, but the fact that he shot up so fast, I wouldn't say offensively. You can say there was a winner in that grappling exchange. Obviously Connor landed a shot. Dustin landed a shot. Connor's shot was probably the more powerful one, but it, it was like, it was here and there, you know, I wouldn't say offensively someone won that, but defensively and grappling as a whole, you give the edge to Connor in that fight for sure. And I think that's the thing,
0: you know, as I said, he, he lands that elbow in the break. It was sort of mm-hmm. the most damaging shot in that one and a half, two minute sequence. But as you say, uh, the grappling was was more of sort of a, a confidence thing, I think, mm. as opposed to, um, yeah. you know, uh, as opposed to how it was going to be scored, as I said, you know, doesn't doesn't really affect uh, the outcome of the round. It's it's a pretty clear 10-9 round for Connor. He lands a very stiff jab that sort of knocks dustin's head back and then he throws this very i don't know if you can remember the exact shot it was quite strange where he was his left leg was coming forward a bit he got caught quite square but he sort of threw like a, a jab uppercut i don't know if you remember yes. that and that yeah, was the yeah. one that caused dustin to do the little wobble um, and yeah. you know and a lot of people and i want to get your take on this a lot of people said that you know connor this was the worst he'd ever looked but i thought he round. i thought he won round one and it wasn't a round that you would say would be one of these ones that you'd get caught up saying it should have been a 10-10 or whatever it is. I thought it was a ten, a close 10-9, but at that it was a a 10-9 for Connor.
1: So to play on that, I would say it is some of the worst he's looked. And that's okay. just because of what his standard is, right? Like for what he did, sure, if that's Dustin against Justin, that you know good win, good round by Justin. Like, cause we expect Justin to be in there and be a little bit scrappy land, land five punches, get hit with two. And that's kind of what Connor was doing in that first round. Sure. He landed five and he was landing the more powerful ones, but even in that first round, you could see Dustin was getting a little bit of the rhythm in boxing. And so that's why I would say it is one of the worst I've seen Connor because Connor historically, if you're going to stand on the feet with him, as the time goes on, he's getting your rhythm. You're not getting his rhythm, which is the opposite of what we saw here, which is why I, say, I would say it is some of the worst that I've seen him just because Dustin was growing into the fight, as in Dustin mm. was doing stuff that was adding up, and Dustin was fighting smarter, and Connor was kind of like might take him out here with one shot. Connor was fighting more of a Justin Gaethje style than a Connor McGregor style. Mm. And yeah. so that, that's why I would say it is some of the worst I've seen him, not necessarily in the damage he's putting on an opponent, not necessarily in the damage he's taking, but in his, that, that's, that's just what was, I would say that was his weak, worst fight IQ, obviously, apart from going for a takedown on Diaz and like some of the times like that. But yeah, honestly, IQ wise, I, I would say that is some of the worst I've seen Connor. Yeah. I think sort of historically we don't really have a lot to compare it to, you know, obviously he went eight
0: and two in his career pretty early on and, um, you know, and then comes into the UFC has what, like a 15-fight win streak or something crazy. um. Then first loss in the UFC, Nate Diaz. And he looked – I mean, I watched it recently. He looked very good, I'd say, for seven or eight minutes. And, you know, I think people forget that because of the way it ended and he
1: was what, like a – It was a, Diaz's a, chin that – it was Diaz's chin that made that fight interesting. And he was like a, a minus take, 500. Take away Diaz's chin. Exactly. You know, he
0: was such a big favorite, and I think people overlook actually how good he looked against a naturally much bigger guy on on short notice. The one that I'm interested in is the Khabib fight. Now, I don't know if I remember it that well. I haven't watched it in a long time. I think early on, Connor looked maybe okay. But I just have this stark memory of him at the start of maybe round three or round four just walking towards Khabib. Just doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to have anything about him. Just hands in the air, just like walking him down. Like, it doesn't seem to have any sort of, you know, style about him, like reminiscent of how he usually fights. And I don't know if that's sort of... Because he was ill-prepared. He says he was drinking on fight week and all this. But I don't know. I think these are the two that I would look to that he hasn't looked as great. But, you know, people have been given a lot of stick for this Dustin Poirier fight. I don't think you entirely agree with me. I think in round one, Connor looked quite good. I wouldn't say he looked fantastic. Of course, he didn't look fantastic, but I would say he looked quite good. And he did seem to have a bit of Mm -hmm. pop in his shots. You know, like, would Mm -hmm. this be a different, would this be a different conversation if, you know, Connor breaks the clinch with an elbow, maybe it lands right on the temple. Dustin does a little wobble, you know, we, we look at that stiff jab again and then maybe there's a fight ending sequence in there, but then, you know, that's, there's also Testament to, you know, Dustin getting over the mental block of the first fight and going, actually, I can stand with this guy at 155 pounds and take his shots. And right. when we hit the stool in round one, I,
1: I knew we were in bother. Like, so, so I guess part of the question is what the way I think we view these differently is the durability of the opponent. So, like you said, like weaker men could have gone down from the shots that Dustin took. Same with the Diaz fight. That's shown to be something that is maybe problematic with Connor. And I think in general, if Connor's fighting his style, he could be a real, like, and he has in the past been a tactician where he'll injure you with Eddie, injure you, not go for the kill, not get too dramatic, get back up. Injure you again. The Eddie fight is what I keep on going back to for his best performance, no doubt. And I don't even think, like, there's close to it. But I, I think that's by far his best. And this is why I think that for this fight, it's so frustrating being a Connor supporter because it was miles different than that fight. It, it, you got you got the sense that Connor's willing in this fight to eat two to land five, which is just not, that's not his game plan. That's not his game plan at all. He was in there, head head down, like chin tucked, like legs Eddie could not have landed a leg kick on Connor. Connor would have been in and out, but Connor was just mm-hmm. had this mentality of walking Dustin down, getting in his boxing stance. And so that's why for me, like obviously in hindsight, it's easy to say that something was off, you know, and Connor easily could have landed that one shot. And everyone would have said he like, Oh, this is the new and improved Connor who can apply pressure and walk forward. That's the funny part about this game is yeah. if he's walking forward and it works. Oh, he's amazing at it. If he's walking forward and it doesn't work. Oh, well that's his flaw. So I think, I think it's just not, prime i think we've seen prime connor to be bouncing off that back foot karate style you step in you eat a shot whereas mm-hmm. dustin was on his back foot the whole time dustin Poirier on his back foot we're not used to that but played into connor's game or played in dustin's game plan
0: yeah and that's the thing and you know as i said i i just watched the fight there before we jumped on and i did notice even in the second round until literally the last 15 seconds when connor's leg give out then he was on the cage and that was apart from when he was physically pinned to the cage in the in the clinch that was the first time in Mm -hmm. the boxing range that connor had really his back up against the cage Mm -hmm. one thing i did notice and you know connor didn't seem to really um you know piece his shots together well in combinations i saw a lot of you know sort of one-shot jab sometimes you know a one-two and he likes to throw that sort of um or maybe he'll faint and he loves that sort of um left overhand you see that him throwing that quite mm-hmm. a lot um especially
1: early on and i've seen clips. So did you see home. a lot of jabs because i remember that was another thing that i was thinking is like he wasn't set like he was setting and it's easy for us to sit here and say he wasn't setting up shots but it to me it looked like more structured like this, oh, this is the combination I'm going to throw. It didn't look like, oh, I've set this trap to get him to throw this combination. It just didn't look as calculated as we're used to seeing with Connor. Connor to me is on this, like him and Izzy are two of the best in the game at you think you're doing something that's helping you. Like you think you're circling out to the left and then boom, shot comes in from the left. I just didn't see that this time. I saw walking forward and shots are coming in from all different angles and they're coming in powerful, but it wasn't like a, what, what you see with Izzy and Paulo Costa. Like Izzy sets traps, he mm. sets you up, Izzy's going to swivel you around, you duck off to the left and boom, you're eating a right head kick. It just didn't seem as calculated. And that's, that, that's my issue with it. That's a good point. And that is something that I,
0: I have, I want to get to, um, about the jabs, you know, as I said, there wasn't all that much time in round one for a, a ton of boxing. You know, there was sort of two, two and a half minutes of, you know, takedown grappling, I don't think he threw a disproportionately low amount of jabs in round one. As I said, the shots that really stick out to me are, you know, one or two stiff jabs, and then there's sort of a glancing left hand elbow on the break. You know, I can sort of, I can, I can sort of say it. But sort of now that you mention it, in terms of he maybe didn't sort of he he likes to use that where he sort of touches you with the with the jab exactly. to measure you up, and you know exactly. that's sort of that's sort of where um, the the Eddie uh master class sort of is, is mm-hmm. built around um, distance management so in terms of what you were saying about you were sort of alluding to things looking a bit random maybe i think is what you were mm-hmm. touching upon so i noted down in round two there were at least three kicks where connor tried to counter off of the kick which i mean when your leg is already beat mm-hmm. isn't a great idea but that's a, that's another point he caught a couple of them didn't do anything with him. I'm sure you can remember he sort of would elevate Dustin's leg, mm-hmm. walk into the cage. The first time he pinned him against the cage, let him go, stood back and threw a left head kick and Dustin just blocked it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which I think is is so strange when you have someone in such short range. Where, you know, Connor likes people on the cage to throw that elbow. I thought that right. was strange. The second time he caught the kick, walked him to the cage, let him go, threw a back leg uppercut and then a lead leg uppercut back-to-back and didn't land either of them i thought that was a very strange combination um but i mean (laughs) it's 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 funny to sit here in hindsight and like nitpick you know specific sort of combinations that he threw um i want your take on you know connor and john kavanagh have taken a lot of positivity from connor not, not using the stool between round one and two you know, uh, John um, came on the Ariel Helwani podcast, and Ariel tried to play devil's advocate and say, "You know, in hindsight, would you want it? Would you wanted of him to uh, use this use the stool for the leg?" And he's like, "Oh no, I saw this as as a positive. You know, he wasn't tired, wasn't really answering the question." I'm I'm sure you saw Connor's post last night where he basically said, "This is the first time I didn't need to use the stool between rounds. I felt great." Sort of missing the point, in my
1: opinion. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it, it reminds me to the Sean O'Malley kind of like Ben Askren situation where Sean's like saying, Oh, he did use the, uh, what was it? The cart to get out of there. He's like, why would I not, if it's there, you know? And then there's mm-hmm. the Ben Askren who's like, Oh, you're the tough guy. You don't need to show it. So to me it's kind of similar situation like that. Like Connor, I'm sure to himself is like, I'm, I'm the fighter. Like I'm, I'm tough. Like don't need to sit on that. But then it's like, you kind of have the logic in the O'Malley. It's like, why not? You know, it's here. It's here for a reason. Why not just take a little bit of rest, get a little bit of ice on it, see if you can make it feel better. But in his defense, it's like when you have that adrenaline going and you're trying necessarily not to pay too much attention to it, you sit on that stool and someone applies some ice to that. And like someone starts attending to it. And then you're like, Oh, now it's something on my mind. So it depends on the person. I don't think there's a, a correct situation here. I know like Back when I used to play sports and stuff, like when I drew attention to something, then you think about it more. If you just keep going, you don't think about it as much. So I, I think it depends on the person. I think, honestly, for them, it, it probably paid off and it was it was probably a new thing for him. Improving it like cardio has always been a question mark in the past and it was probably something he took pride on. I probably wouldn't go back and change that just because I think it adjusts the mental game more than it actually adjusts the physical game. The point of standing there and not having to take that seat and not having to draw attention to it. I just think that adds on to his mental strength going into the next round.
0: Yeah. And as I said, it's easy for us to sit here and pick mm-hmm. apart things in hindsight. You know, he, he could have got, you know, 30 seconds or 45 seconds of ice on the leg. You know, in the long run, when you're eating that many low calf kicks and there's just a game plan issue there, you know, not going to make a huge difference. So as he said, you know, maybe. I, I, maybe something positive to take, as you said about sort of cardio. And Connor said in his post-fight interview, like he was just going to tough it out until mm-hmm. the leg just gave up in round two. So, as you said, maybe adrenaline—that wasn't maybe something on his mind. Um, my next point then, and segue on uh, into the calf kicks in more detail. Um, I broke down Connor's post-fight and I put it side by side with John Cavanaugh's conversation with Ariel Helwani. I wanted to. Uh, throw some of the quotes at you. Um, so Connor said, the low calf kick, I've never experienced that. It's an interesting one. Last night, he described it as fascinating. John Kavanagh said, the fact that Dustin threw it is not surprising. How devastating a technique it was somewhat caught us out. Now, Billy, you and I are not sort of expert martial artists or expert martial art coaches. Nah, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you throw your uh, your question mark kicks on the heavy bag, so I, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Far from it. you know, we have watched Dustin Poirier v. Justin Gaethje. Mm-hmm. Justin Gaethje is one of the most prolific calf kickers the sport has ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, and as we said, Justin Gaethje, he is a a In a sense, he accumulates on you, but he hits very hard. The calf kicks are a lot of his game plan, you know, and Dustin Poirier did tough it out. But, and, you know, we've also seen Conor McGregor, 40 seconds octagon time in two and a half years. Dustin Poirier, 80 minutes, you know, maybe you get a bit of sort of leg conditioning in there or something. Maybe that's why he could tough it out against Gaethje. But more, the point that I'm trying to make is, is that not something that you see as a coach, your guy is going to fight Dustin Poirier who has recently fought Justin Gaethje, who kicked the legs off him. Are you not going to think about, you know, is that something Poirier is going to now include in his arsenal? Like how, I, how, how much did he sort of suffer from that? And actually this is something he's going to use in the
1: future. So I, I two things off that one is the fact that I think not that Connor, I would say the underestimated Dustin, I think from fight one to fight two, I think Connor and his coach, I think they expected boxing and nothing but boxing. I truly think that was the case. I thought they, the Connor said he was using this fight to prep for Pacquiao. I think he was going into this expecting like, oh, couldn't be a better style matchup for me. This guy's not known for throwing kicks. I mean, have we seen Dustin Poirier land a head kick recently? Mm-hmm. Have we seen yeah, him exactly. land a kick to the body? I think he was going in there to fight a boxer. And Dustin Poirier was, said, hey, you can kick, I can kick too. And Dustin Poirier was the better kicker. Who would think in a mixed martial arts fight, Dustin Poirier is going to land the more damaging kicks? That, that and alone is shocking to me. The second part is credit and so much credit to Dustin Poirier for the fact of if you go back and like you said, look at that Justin Gaethje fight. What happened to Dustin Poirier? Like you said, the legs was getting legs kicked out of him. I thought a couple of times his legs were going to be broken. Then how's the fight end? countering southpaw straight left hand off a leg kick exactly yeah. what Connor could have done to him but Dustin Poirier like you said just had that experience had that recency been in, being in the octagon Connor doesn't have that if Connor fights Justin Gaethje and goes through what Dustin Poirier went through and gets his leg kicked and counters that left hand off that leg kick it's a different fight it's a completely different fight not only in this Dustin Poirier fight but it's the fact that he's seen this before experienced this Dustin's activity allowed him to be more much much more prepared for if this is going to go into a calf kick if this is going to be you trying to counter that straight left like I did in Justin Gaethje off the fight like I've been there and I know what I know how to like handle that it's so hard to say because when Connor was as active as we knew him to be as, as far as fight IQ there's not much better But Dustin Poirier had a higher fight IQ than Conor, and it's not even close, which is that that's that's the hard pill to swallow as a Conor fan. You know, like Dustin Poirier, sure, great fighter, but he's kind of known for brawling and he's outsmarting Conor. Yeah,
0: crazy. Uh, Yeah. Interesting. You say about, you know, Dustin countering off the uh, the leg kick. Um, against Justin Gaethje, because I think that's something that Connor wanted to do, and as you said, maybe not in the game plan, not expecting the leg kicks. But Connor, as a counter puncher, sort of wanted to use was Justin Gaethje. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. It's not looking great, but um, <laughs> wanted to use um Poirier's momentum against him to counter. But his natural reaction was to try and ca- uh, catch the kick. Um, but as you said, maybe a better way to go would have been to
1: try and just land your punch off the kick. Um, (laughs) And it it, will, it's all, it all depends on which Connor shows up, you know, like the Connor who fights Aldo, the Connor fights Eddie. I see that cat, that kick comes in and he just bounces out in his karate stance. The footwork is what sets all this up. And Connor's an ace of footwork, like one of the best there is, but his footwork was entirely different. This fight, that calf's always there to be kicked. If you're going to walk him down in a boxing stance like that, you know, Like even in the Justin Gaethje Khabib, Khabib's a pressure fighter. Justin Gaethje landed like eight leg kicks. Khabib was already having issues with that. If Khabib was not such a great grappler, that's an interesting fight, you know? And like easy to say that, but Khabib was already starting to feel the effects of those low calf kicks. And it's it's funny that we see that in the Poirier versus McGregor, the underdog and the guy who like all the hype's not around. Game plan is to just like, okay, Skill-wise, if you're better than me, I'm going to take out that leg. Justin Gaethje, skill-wise, sure, these guys believe they're on the same level, believe they're above. But skill-wise, it's like, hey, why not take that leg out? Why not debilitate him? Why not get yourself an advantage? And Khabib started to feel the effects. If you watch that fight, Khabib was getting, like, rushing his takedowns. And luckily, he's such a good grappler that he can. Connor started rushing his shots. It completely threw off the game plan of both of the elites in 155. And it was the underdogs having this strategy both times and both times it, for Justin, it nearly paid off for it, it, The grappling is what saved him. And Connor doesn't have that to go to, you know, mm-hmm. interesting, interesting fight. If Khabib doesn't have that grappling.
0: I just have one more point on leg kicks. And I sincerely apologize to anyone listening that does not care about leg kicks because mm-hmm. this is all we've talked about for a good 10 minutes. I would say, I want to take one more quote from Kavanaugh's interview with Ariel Helwani. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, when you check a leg kick with pads, you turn your knee out and the pads hit each other. So you build up a false confidence. And obviously what he's alluding to is, you know, you feel like you're turning your, your knee out enough. The kick is hitting straight shin bone, um, not the perennial nerve. And But when you're doing that with pads, you know, obviously you don't feel the impact um, or you don't feel the damage. Um mm-hmm. So, you know, and what, what John always says is upgrading the software without damaging the hardware, you know, ensuring people are fresh. I mean, another story, Max Holloway, no sparring <laughs> topic for another day. Um, but do you not think for a guy like Connor, in hindsight, obviously maybe things will change, that said the calf kick is – the low calf kick is an interesting one. I've never experienced that. Do you not think for a mixed martial artist – you know you bring him in in week 1 of camp and you throw you know a calf kicker at him and go listen you need to eat one of these flush and go yeah jesus to... i don't want to eat one of those in a fight ever do you know what i mean to
1: to me to say he had never experienced that is partly a pride thing you know it's hard for me to think that in how many spars how many fights how many hours of training he's put in no one has landed a good one on him you know, it, to me, it's one of those things where it's, it's a pride thing and it's what got you. And so it's like almost a self-defense mechanism to immediately go to the fact that like, oh, I wasn't aware of that. Like to me, it's almost like a sort of, it's it's downplaying Connor's ability to say that he had never experienced that because someone at the peak of their game, peak of their sport in any sport. It's like when someone gets you with something to say, like, "Well, I just didn't know about that. Like that downplays the ability of the person. So I, I don't think that he was unaware of it, maybe wasn't drilling it or wasn't expecting it with Dustin. But to say he had never seen it, that's to me, like you said, you should have some like exposure to something like that.
0: Yeah, and that's the one thing that got me and sort of annoyed me for the last week was, I mean, as we say, we can sit down and we can break down every combination and what he could have done better um, but I mean, it's all menial. It doesn't matter. Um, but the one thing that annoyed me a bit was John saying, the fact that Dustin threw it was not surprising to us. But then Connor saying, I've never experienced that. Right. The tooth it just doesn't really add up if you were expecting it. But what it sounds like to me is John talks a lot about simulation rounds. It doesn't sound like they kick each other ever in camp with iPads.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Could be, but even at that, I I, I just – before Connor was the Connor that most people know, I just – I find it hard to believe no one landed one of those on him. It, it just – it doesn't seem realistic to me. It's like saying an NBA player who's been at the peak of his game for the past seven years has just never seen someone attempt the shot growing up. Like, I, I just – I don't see it. I don't know. Well, that's the
0: thing. You sort of think maybe in his amateur days where maybe their sparring wasn't as right. focused on health and safety, Um, right. but sure, it's all – it's, it's, it's all good fun. We'll, we can sit here
1: and say, we'll yeah. say whatever we want. Um, so that, just, that, that wouldn't add up to say that he has never experienced something like that. I mean, you could, you, he used to play soccer. You could get in a fight with a soccer player and that's their first method of attack. They're going to kick you. You're going to kick at your leg. They're going to kick at your cat. Like I, I, I just, I find it disrespectful to Connors like who he is and his ability of a fighter to say that he had never seen something as basic as a calf kick. Is that what you're training over there in the uh,
0: Atlanta, Georgia football Academy,
1: the uh, the low calf kick? I'll tell you right now. It, the, f- <laughs> the first thing that happens if someone wants to start a scrap with a soccer player is that you aim right for the ACL or you aim for the calf. So,
0: Oh, goodness. Oh, dear. We hear too many stories in MMA about ACL in, uh, injuries. Right. Um, But as we say, listen, we break down Connor's performance. You know, we we cannot take away from the game planning of Dustin Poirier. If he did see these tweets about Connor saying, correct, this is a segue to Box Pacquiao. Mm -hmm. Dustin sees that, maybe thinks, listen, he's going to come in one-dimensional. We're going to kick the legs uh, beneath him. Whether he saw that or not, whether that was the planning behind it, he did go for the kicks, debilitate, render him sort of immobile. Fantastic
1: game planning.